Welcome to the More Than More podcast, where we discuss building meaningful, impactful businesses, careers, and lives through real estate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our first market update for 20... I wrote, I wrote 2012. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's 2022. 10-year uh, <laughs> challenge. That was the, wasn't there a movie, 2012? We're about the end of the world. We, we don't want to go early discussion. Back to that conversation. <laughs> um, yeah, we were talking about the end of the world here briefly, but we're going to move on to uh, yes. market stats for 2022. So I can't believe we're actually here, but uh, every time I see that year, I feel ridiculously old. Yeah. Um, but welcome, guys. I'm here with uh, Kyle Clarkson. Um, hello. Uh, I guess you've already said hello. Yeah. And Tammy Hicks again, our hello. two transaction brokers who we feel have a lot to say about uh, where the market's at because of their hundreds of years of experience in selling <laughs> cumulatively. Um, but also you guys are in the trenches every single day right now. So yeah, I think we probably got 60 years between the three of us here. Isn't that cool? Yeah, yeah I would say I'm, so. Is it cool? I don't know. <laughs> it's a little depressing, but yeah. <laughs> well, we have some perspective for yeah, sure. Yeah. So I did want to kick off uh, talking about the the market slides here, guys. We've got several slides in the packet. Hopefully, you've had a chance to download those. You can cross-reference what we're talking about as we move through six, seven, eight slides. Um, but I did want to kick off first, just uh, 50,000 feet, how it's feeling out there right now. It's mid Oh my gosh, January, what's today? The yeah, 17th, 20th? More than halfway done with January. Right. And, and, and what are you feeling? Spring. <laughs> I mean, from the real estate uh, standpoint, multiple offers over, you know, over list price. It, it feels like it did last spring. Did it feel this way last year this time? It didn't feel this way this early. I agree. This is earlier than it has felt every year. But if you look at the last five years, I feel like it's been moving up every year because of the result of the lower inventory. It yep. used to be May, March 1st. Yep. So dig in. Um, what does this mean? A lot of what? You're saying multiple offers. Are we having a lot of showing activity right now? Yeah, showing activity. You got a listing that I, you know, end of last week, you know, four offers, 10, 10 showings on and, you know, a two-day period. And I've had two agents call me about uh, listings that are pending or expired uh, or sold. and um, Yours. Yeah, and asked if they would be willing to sell mm -hmm. now. Got it. So. And how about listing activity? Are we having seller conversations yet? I have two coming this week. I know people have been calling. Yeah, I've got, more in the I've got a one o'clock appointment. Yeah, I think people in their mind are thinking spring, but I think you know probably our job is the message is, like we just talked about spring, Spring is here as mm -hmm. far as real estate is concerned. So, um, I guess I'm just kind of curious. Are you are you actively propagating that message, or are, that's just what you're communicating with people when you're sitting down? It's what I should be doing. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> that's kind of why I ask, and maybe we'll end there. Yeah, uh, kind of what we should be doing given the conditions that we find ourselves in. Um, are there any conversations you're noticing coming up a lot with buyers or sellers? Or anything that's popping up? I don't. Of the conversations I've had with sellers in the last week or two, they're not seeing the numbers the way we are. I mean, obviously, they shouldn't be. We should be digging in more than they are. But I don't feel like they're realizing how low the inventory is, how quick things are selling. I had a seller tell me yesterday or on Saturday, will my house sell? Not even. And they're an older couple. They probably don't pay as much attention to it. But um, I don't think they're seeing this as much as we are. And I, I think the 
the general public has a fear of this is going to head south. And so maybe that's where some of that comes from. Like it's been so good for so long. There's a lot of negatives out there uh, as far as, you know, what's going on with inflation and all that, that, you know, they're maybe just afraid like, okay, this thing's going to tank and what do I do? And which uh, is hardly irrational. Like given the zombie apocalypse we've lived in for the last two years, you would almost think something should have unraveled by now. Yeah. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's not. Okay. No, it's not. And I think that's part of, maybe we'll talk about at the end, but the part of our messaging is that that's not the situation. And the numbers would say that it's not the situation. So I think, you know, getting that out there is important. Yeah. The differences in fundamentals between then and, you know, what has happened in the past in real estate and now yeah. are yeah. significant. Yeah. People are expecting, oh, we're going to get back to 2008, 9, yeah. 10. And, you know, it's, you know, what goes up must come down and, you know, maybe eventually be true, but I don't think we're there yet. Yeah, but I, it makes me very uncomfortable because um, I'm, I'm fully in agreement with what you guys are saying. And it's like what we're dealing with is a decoupling from any previous narratives that we've experienced. We've decoupled from some of the normal market fundamentals that should be in place. Frankly, with the amount of appreciation we've seen in the last few years, it should be coming down. Mm-hmm. But what we're dealing with, and I, I use this word too much now, but it's unprecedented. Everything's unprecedented, mm-hmm. but it truly is unprecedented changes to our financial system, to our society in terms of where people are at with their homes, unprecedented levels of increase in equity. So all of a sudden there's all this ridiculous buying power out there, Mm -hmm. people paying cash for things that, and uh, I I think it's, it's about like our, our human memory. Like my personal narrative on this is I look at the prices of local real estate that I'm considering buying and although all the data I have tells me that that's actually what it's worth right now, something in my brain doesn't resonate. Like, I cannot believe that that's what that house is worth today. Mm-hmm. You guys have that sticker shock? Yeah, I, I, I do. Yeah, I have some personally. clients looking in West Des Moines right now and, and experienced that twice in the last week where I showed them something. I found a comp within the last six months that said 375. And both of these houses are listed 415, 425. I'm like, it's way overpriced and yet one of them gets an offer and the other one has not yet. But my message to them is like the numbers tell me that that thing's overpriced, but it may sell because <laughs> that's the market. Yeah. And the concern is that it's going to turn and everyone that has a memory of 2009 remembers when it did turn. The difference is there is no reason right now that it's going to. Yep. Right. And my message on that is, okay, listen, I think it, you're going to overpay. I mean, at least according to what my comparables might tell us. But I also don't want you to pay overpay by what I feel is 50000 You know, overpaying by five or 10 might be realistic in the market because multiple offers and appreciation. But I still have a job to say, yeah. okay, I'm going to lay it out for my client. In the end, it's your decision, but here's what I think. And it's a, it's a premium. I mean, they're paying a premium yep. right now to have a house. Uh, and it's just an expense that goes along with that in this market in this mm-hmm. time. That we're in. I remember the house that I should have bought <clears throat> about a year and a half ago, mm-hmm. and I passed because I couldn't I couldn't justify the price. Yeah. It didn't make sense to me. If I had bought that house a year and a half ago, I would have got a great deal. Yeah, you'd be mm-hmm. up fifty seventy five thousand on that house probably right now. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> yeah, which makes me think about like your purchase in California not too long ago. Yeah. Um, I was excited to see that slide right here. The appreciation, the appreciation, up appreciation there. in California, one hundred nineteen thousand. One hundred nineteen thousand. 
<laughs> the the average months. property in California increased by 119,000 compared to a year ago. Um, so yeah, it is a very interesting time, I think is where we land on this and everything's relative. And yep. So let's dig in, guys, on some of these slides that we've prepared for everyone. The first one that we scoured from or, or uh, borrowed, I guess, from KCM report, which I would encourage everyone to watch, is this slide number one, housing inventory lower than last year. So if I can read the data here, Iowa, 21% uh, lower than we were this time last year. And as a reference point, last year was the lowest we'd ever seen. And I think that's, I mean, that's obviously statewide, but if you look at the local markets, they're even more than that. Mm -hmm. And so Ames, I looked at, was 42% or something like that down from over last, last year. Over last year. <laughs> Is that resale or all of it? Uh, that was all of it put together. That's just, um, that's insane. Yes. <laughs> Especially <laughs> when you understand what you're measuring relative to. Right. 41% down from the lowest we've ever seen. Right. I saw a poll on the Tom Ferry's site and they asked year over year, this January compared to last January, is your market uh, down on inventory? And 40, 40 agents voted, 38 said yes of the 40 agents. So did you notice who didn't by chance? I didn't look what markets they were in, you know, it could have been a smaller market, whatever, but well, according to this little, this little chart, it looks like Idaho <laughs> it. is 55% <laughs> up from last year, which is quite fascinating. I have no idea what's going so on. So those there. two might've been from Idaho, <laughs> Maybe, yeah. but actually Idaho is a pretty hot market right now. Cause there's a lot of money. California money. Yeah, California yeah. money going to Idaho. So anyway, but that's true. another conversation. So nationally, 26.8% down on inventory. Iowa, 21% down compared to last year. And what we're seeing on all of the uh, <clears throat> local market reports that we've got in the packet is we're seeing the exact same thing. Um, I pulled up some numbers yesterday, if I can share them from Des Moines. So this is Des Moines. You know, if you look, uh, the number I saw yesterday was 1906 as far as inventory. But I did a circle around Des Moines. Uh, 25 miles downtown Des Moines, 25 miles around, and there was 1586 within 25 miles of downtown. Uh, new, 1,064 were new, which means 522 resales within 25 miles of Des Moines. Oh my goodness. And in the last 30 days, there's been 574 resales in that same area. And that's Christmas and New Year's, like the slowest time of year. So we got 522 on the market now, and there's some 574 that went under contract in the last 30 days. Okay, so record levels of yep. low inventory again. Yep. <clears throat> and what we're seeing is that anything coming on the market, because we are seeing a decent amount of turn, tur turnover, it's being bought up immediately. And so there's no reason to believe that these numbers are going to climb astronomically anytime soon. We'll see a surge of listings here in the next few weeks. Mm -hmm. Odds are most of them will vanish. It'll about get as quick. up. Yep. So what's our takeaway on that? Inventory is not going to climb this year? Question mark. I don't think it is. I mean, at the very best, it will stay similar to what it was last year. At the very best uh, result. I but I think that's even hard to say because a lot of people refinanced. A lot of people uh, did that last year. And so they're not going to move this year. Uh, the lowest I remember last year was 1600 in Des Moines. And it feels like we'll, we will be under that at some point. That's nuts. <laughs> so none of that seems crazy to imagine. <clears throat> I mean, it's crazy that it's true. Yeah. But uh, if that's the case, what are the implications to our marketplace coming into the summer? 
well, we need to get sellers off the sideline because, uh, you know, when you hear there's 522 resales, that, that's just crazy low. Uh, two, I think you need to know new construction uh, because there's, you know, right now there's double new construction out there than, than uh, resale. So as an expert working with buyers, I better know the inventory. I better know the inventory that's coming because you've got a great opportunity there to, you know, maybe even avoid multiple offers, uh, paying over, you know, list price, if I can find the right new construction home. So I think become an expert in that for sure. I would agree. I mean, we gotta, we gotta be, be helping people see that new construction is a good option for them. Um, because that is what brings on more resale properties. So I'm interested in <clears throat> that question as it relates to pricing coming in. In the meantime, the multiple offers, we anticipate more of the same. Yeah. That, yeah. I, we're seeing we it We have out. to be an expert. Yeah. yeah, we have to be experts on the yeah. multiple offer thing and yeah. in counseling our buyers and how to write those. I think that's a really important thing to consider because you don't want them to pay 50000 over. Um, that might be too much, um, but you want to make help them to make a good offer. You know, what we've done well as an organization is shift um, and shift early. And I, I, maybe what I'm feeling is it's time to shift, but it's not. So for a couple of years, all indications should have been that this thing's going to turn at some point. I remember two and a half, three years ago, KW came out with a statement saying that a shift is coming. And I think maybe it did for a short period of time in 2019. And then it just kind of boosted straight back up again. I guess what I'm saying is, it feels like we should be coaching people into new skills because we've been training multiple offers for a long, long time, but it really is still what we need to be focusing on. Yep. Absolutely. On both sides. Yeah, I mean, if I'm working with sellers or buyers, I think how to handle multiple offers is an and shadow inventory or yeah. invisible inventory. Yeah. And, yep. and helping take some of that uh, frenzy out of the chaos that we're seeing. And so helping your buyers not to be frantic, not to be, uh, too frenzied about it, but to make a really good offer on the houses that they're offering on mm -hmm. houses that they're offering on. They will likely have to do more than yeah. One. We went out in a snowstorm on Friday because we wanted to beat. It was just hit the market, and so right. we even we went in middle of snowstorm. We're like, let's just go three thousand over. Let's try to lock this up before anybody can get out here. So that was our strategy. We were on a response. We're over full price. We weren't even competing, but my people are like, I'm not going to lose this house. Yeah, and so. Which is a function of prepping them well. Yeah, yeah. We've had that discussion ahead of time, and they know what they're dealing with, and so we got it. <clears throat> okay, maybe this will come back up when we talk prices. Shift to this equity slide, number two. Yep. Um, I don't know what to say about this. We, we touched on California, 119,000. Iowa, according to this, the average increase in real estate equity gain, basically $20,000 compared to a year ago this time. Uh, national average 56,000. And so those are astronomical increases. Basically, I was trying to think about the takeaways. It was a good thing to buy a house a year ago. Yeah. Despite the fact that it felt like a premium. Yeah. Best buy, what was the saying? Best time to buy real estate was a year ago. Second best time is right now. Mm -hmm. So, yep. <laughs> uh, I think there's a, a couple things. One, you know, we always had the conversation, ah, you got to be in your house three to five years to be able to sell it, you know, with your expenses being nine, 10%, whatever uh, of your home price and appreciation. That's what it was going to take to be able to actually make money and not lose money uh, from being there. But the reality is you might be able to do it in a year yeah. <laughs> and, and be okay. Uh, and so I've had, 
you know, probably three times last year where I was actually having a conversation about, okay, you've not been in the house two years. Now you're going to have some tax implications because you're selling it, you know, under that two year mark. I had a phone call last week of somebody like, Hey, we've only been here a year, but we know the market's good. And we thought maybe now. And so we had that conversation. So again, I think it comes back to being an expert, but there's other things in play. It's actually worth touching on super quick. There is a mm-hmm. one-time exemption to that that I'm aware of. <clears throat> so yeah, capital gains, two years in the house. Um, I believe you can file a one-time exemption and say, yep, it was unexpected, but uh, I know I did this on new construction back in like 2005 or six. Tammy, you're married to a tax guy. <laughs> but I am not a tax accountant, so, so I don't know about... I, always, I thought it had to do with if you were relocated due to a job. Mm. that that was the reason you well i want to know the answer to that extenuating circumstances this is, this is, is tax is. time so or yeah. we're coming up on it so well we'll get well, that from brooke and, okay. and double round on this double back um but what, what i like that you're touching on and tammy jump in here but it seems like we perhaps then could be more proactive in engaging people who normally we would not be uh considering potential sellers but there are a lot of folks bought a house a year or two or three ago that have realized immense amounts of equity and perhaps do want to take advantage of it. Yeah, I, I was thinking about mm-hmm. that driving the other day. I was thinking about a particular couple. And, you know, our job is, you know, we have it on our uh, list to get market reports out. And we want to do it a few times a year. Reality, it happens about once. But I'm like, here's an opportunity. Get them an updated market report on their house. And, you know, whether they bought it a year ago or two years ago or however long ago, they're going to see uh, maybe an increase that they weren't expecting. So equity they weren't expecting. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, it, we need to be talking to our people. We need to be uh, turning over those stones, and and even if the stone hasn't been sitting there very long, I mean, those people may have something that has come up in their life that has changed that makes them want to move. Uh, but we need to be in communication with our people. Yeah, I'm kind of torn on that conversation. I just listened to a podcast from Tom Ferry. Uh, forget the name of the coach, <clears throat> but he was encouraging reaching out and having the equity conversation. And on the one hand, I, I like it because it is a fitting conversation to be happening. On, on the other hand, it sounds like we're trying to create demand, mm-hmm. but it's not that. It's that it's getting in the path. Some of these people may be considering a change, and we're either the one having that conversation with them or we're not. So we're not trying to force people to move. Because Just give them the information. Give yeah. them the information. They can do what they want with it, but yeah. That's good. I agree. I think that's part of our value, too. It's not yeah. that we're pushing them to sell. It's We're helping them decide. We're helping them what see whether it's even an option. I mean, yeah. because they might have had something else come up. It's what I love most about this industry is we don't have to create the demand. It's there no, it's organically. There. We just have yeah. to be in the right place at the right time. So slide number three is this uh, rates update from uh, <clears throat> NAR, Fannie Mae, et cetera. So we covered this a month ago, but I, and I think Tammy, you chuckled if I recall. Mm-hmm. So we have ticked up now from mm-hmm. low threes to Three mid threes. Yeah. Mid threes. 3.3, uh, well, 3.4. Well, I saw Green State on Friday was 3.375 on a 30 year, but Green State, I mean, they're a credit union. They're typically the lowest out there. So I'm, you know, we're, we're around three and a half. I haven't seen them today, but that's where I would expect to tell people around that three and a half mark. Three rate increases have already been, yep. what, what would you call it, scheduled or slated for <clears throat> this year. And if there were three quarter percent increases, that puts us in the three seven, three eight range by the end of the year. It does, yep. And you still have some skepticism about whether that would happen? I do. I, I'm just skeptical of whether they'll actually go through with all three of them. I, yeah. think, I think we get two raises in. I don't think we get three. I hope. I hope you're right. Yeah. 
I well, think so too. Two or three puts us in a different place than two point seven five, which yeah. is which was the once in a lifetime opportunity that opened up. Um, but it still puts us below four. It's still crazy yeah. good. <laughs> it's still yeah, it's still crazy, still crazy good. We've I mean, well, what so I'm, historically low when you look at the big picture of things, mm-hmm. and um, I don't think it changes things a lot for buyers. They still want to own a house. Yeah, and for someone who's buying their first house. I mean, they don't have the thought of, well, I had a rate at 275 or I'm selling my house. My current rate's 275. I mean, three and a half, 375, four. I mean, that's all an incredible rate to be a first-time home buyer and go purchase a home. So, Yeah, I do want to think about what the potential, like if there is an impact. Well, certainly there, there's going to be some, but you're saying not, it's not enough to scare buyers away because there's a real organic demand and it's slightly more expensive, but it's not enough to change yeah. the market dynamics. Scare for me is if I'm a seller and I'm sitting on a 2.75, 2.5% interest rate, and now I'm more than a full point over that. I might sit tight. Yeah, maybe maybe I do. So that that would be my one concern is if I'm sitting at that current rate, and we need those people to be in the market, but that'd be the one concern I have. You're telling me and, it might make the inventory situation worse? Yeah, well, potential. And I think there is a potential for that, but I think it comes back to us communicating with them the equity position that they're yeah. in that we yeah. just talked about on the last slide uh, because that equity position isn't guaranteed uh, by any by any rate of the of the... But that would have to presume that the prices are going to go down at some point. Uh, not necessarily down, but they're not going to continue to go up. At the rate they're going up. At the rate yeah. they're going up. So the one point on this, did I, I maybe remind me if I brought this up last month, um, where I do see rates potentially having an impact is in the first-time homebuyer space. So the difference between 2.78 and 3.78, when we know that our average buyer is buying at the maximum amount of monthly affordability and prices are up as much as they are, you do start to uh, bite away at some of the affordability at the entry level. And you do. And I think that's a conversation with your buyers that you have during your consultation to talk about, okay, are you wanting a brand new house that is already fixed up and ready to go? Or are you willing to put a little elbow grease into it? We've, we've gone 10 years at least with buyers that have very little desire to put anything into the house. Um, And I think this is an opportunity to to change their mind on that, that they could actually get even more equity if they look at a cheaper house that might need some updates. Maybe Gen Z is a little more inclined towards elbow grease than uh, millennials were. Yes, very much so. <laughs> I guess we'll see. Um, but I, I, I want to watch that space because it does, regardless of, of their willingness to buy non-new or something, your affordability is impacted. Yeah, it's, it a co- it's the combination of the increase in rates and then just appreciation. I mean, it continues to rise at anywhere what we saw last year and the rates go up. So that's one thing that may hold appreciation back is, you know, um, exactly what you just talked about. And you're dealing with a buyer pool who have a bunch of student debt and uh, are living paycheck to paycheck for the most part. And so at some point, yeah, affordability starts to be impacted by a combination of the rates and the prices. Um, but I, I think that watching these projections is very important and having them top of mind as we talk to buyers and sellers, like you brought up, I think is mm-hmm. pretty, pretty key. So this next slide, um, <clears throat> I put in here as a function of skepticism on my part. Um, so what we've got here is a projection 
from a whole bunch of parties, the average of which is 5.2%. So if we saw a 26% appreciation, I think that's what it said nationally last year, they're saying that they expect that to be much more muted next year and only, well, 7.4% projection by Fannie Mae and only 2.8% projection by NAR, the average of all of these is 5.2%. I don't buy it. Yeah, I think what we just talked about is the only thing that could hold that back uh, rates going up, um, and affordability, you know, going down. I, well, I don't buy it the other way. You think they're going to be lower? Oh, I think it's going to be higher. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's oh, what yeah. I mean. I mean, like, I think that I'm just saying that's the only thing that could hold it back, but if supply and demand, if supply is going down and demand's going up, oh, I don't know how they don't go up at a higher rate than 5%. Certainly that's what we're seeing locally. Yeah. Locally, there's no reason to think that appreciation here is going to massively slow based upon how prices are, well, how offers are being handled yeah. right now. hundred percent right. agree. Yep. Um, so what do you do with that when you disagree with Fannie Mae, NAR, and uh, the <laughs> MBA? <clears throat> I disagree with experts a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you have to look at your local market. I mean, this is on a national level, um, and our market may be different, um, and it may not, but I think you need to look at what's happening on your local level. Yeah. Well, maybe, and come back to that slide. The next two that I included here are from uh, the Altos report. And they might actually answer the question because <clears throat> the one thing about Altos that's fascinating is that their stuff is like week by week real time. It's the leading spear edge of all the information. The NAR data we're looking at here on slide four is actually, um, these are projections back from um, like November. Yeah, yeah, they're a couple months behind. If you look at these two slides, there's two trends that they pointed out that I think are fascinating. Um, Like we've touched on, slide five, inventory is at a new record low and is back on a seasonal kind of curve of up and down, but is still trending low at, at quite a pace. And then the slide six, this was fascinating. What they're suggesting here, there's two different cohorts here. One is the just average medium home price, and the other is the, the price of listings coming on. And what they pointed out here, this is the light red line, that the uh, there's a big spike in the price of new listings. So a year ago, the average entry to the marketplace was at 299. Today, the average entry to the marketplace is at 353.9, same time period. Um, and that's a notable spike. Now, every year this time, you see we have that spike. Right. But it's an un, um, unconventionally large jump. And so what they're actually saying, and this was as of last week, they're saying, um, well, I guess they're agreeing with us. They're, they're saying we don't buy the 5% appreciation because based upon the price of, of new cohorts into the market, it looks like stuff's going to be selling at quite a rate of appreciation again. Thoughts on that? That's what the numbers would. That's what the numbers would tell me that you know locally. Yeah, locally we're we're headed, uh, we're trending up again at a much higher rate than what that last slide said. Well, and I think it comes back to um, the fact that we've talked about the spring is moving up in the year every year, and so even on this, if you go back to January of 2017, you know that increase was much slower rate through the first few months of the year, but every year since then it's been a much faster rate except for 2020. And so, and so I think there, there is something that the cumulative effect of the low inventory is having a bigger effect on buyers moving sooner in the year. As soon as the new year's done, they want to buy a house this year. Their lease may be up in July, but they're going to start looking now 
and buy something as soon as possible. Housing is toilet paper. Yes. <laughs> That's right. We probably shouldn't put that out in the public. <laughs> but I mean, what you're saying is that there's, I was going to use the word irrational, but not irrational, based upon where we're at um, in the world, societally and sociologically, and where people's attention and focus and needs and concerns and fears are, um, there's just a drive towards wanting to tie down real estate. And it's so scarce that it's just, yeah, my concern with the whole thing is that um, we drive these prices up so high that even though it is the price of the real estate, it starts to become irrationally high. Yeah, I shouldn't say that out loud, but it's what I'm feeling. Anybody else? Well, I feel that way, but you brought up your example earlier. You should have bought that house a year and a half ago because it seemed crazy to buy it at that price, but yeah. that was a good deal. So, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I hear what you're saying. And yeah, I agree. It. I mean, the fact that you can't buy a house in Ames for under, you know, 150000 is when you used to be able to buy. That was a good sale for me back in 2005. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I mean, it is it is hard to even wrap our brain around it. And we're in it every day. Yeah, yeah and you wonder the extent to which, having been in this 20 years each, um, mm-hmm. that history actually, yeah, it's just creating a false anchor. Because, um, yeah, California's home values have been, they made no sense 15 years ago, and yet they're uh, still up. It's a little bit like the stock market, perhaps. I remember 10 years ago uh, thinking that the Dow at 13,000 or whatever was an irrational number. Mm. And yet today it's at, I don't know, 20 something. So it's, it's all relative. Yeah. Right. Um, okay, so any other concerns or things that you're watching closely, market, market conditions wise? I guess what I'm curious about then is uh, um, if inventory is where it's at, people are sitting on the equity that they're sitting on, rates are ticking up slowly, but I mean enough to make a notable, it's it's a real change in affordability. And we're expecting prices to appreciate the way they are. Just uh, get practical with me for a second. Conversations we should be having with people, um, marketing activities we might want to be engaging in. Where's your heads at? What do you want to focus on? Yeah, I mean... uh, I think there's both sides of it, right? Buyer and seller. And so, you know, as an agent representing buyers, uh, I probably bullet pointed in one, you know, no, no new construction we talked about earlier because no K and O W. Yes. Yes. No. Yeah. (laughs) There, there is new construction. It's it's still low, but there's twice as much new construction in Des Moines market as resale. So I need to be an expert. I need to know it um, and get out ahead of it because there's, there's plenty out there still that's, that's not listed. Could so. you get practical for a second on no new construction? What might you? What would you do or recommend an agent that's newer that isn't representing a builder do? I I would know the big players in the market. So take Dr. Horton for example, and Dr. Horton is notorious for calling agents and letting them know what they have. But there's also plenty they don't have. And so if I got a contact at Dr. Horton that if I'm looking for something specific, like okay, hey, this is what I'm looking for you know, any thoughts and, you know, whatever. And same might be at Greenland or the other big players in the Des Moines market. So have a contact over there, someone I'm, I'm talking with about what they have coming, developments they have coming, and just be an expert in new construction inventory. That's what K-N-O-W means? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's good. Yeah, I really liked what you said, just knowing the players, knowing who the main people are. Um, and we have such a great team here that, I mean, we've seen this on our huddles. I mean, if you have a question about a builder, ask it. 
because there's somebody in our team that's mm-hmm. either worked with them or can give you more information. Yep. So I kind of jumped in on the new construction thing. You you had others maybe as well? Yeah, uh, one, I, I always start, educate your clients, right? I mean, they need to do, know what's going on in the market. And so, you know, in my buyer console or wherever it might be, I'm sitting down with them like, okay, here, here's what it is. Now, the price point you're looking at, and there's many price points right now, you should expect multiple offers, and which means you may need to be over list price. And, and sometimes, you know, buyers need to lose before they can win, uh, especially in a market like this. To, to realize it, but, you know, educating them uh, ahead of time, uh, what that might look like. Uh, I had one, you know, week and a half ago where we were 18,000 over, didn't get it. And I told them, you know, if we're 20 over where I, I think we're 50, 50, we'll get it based on the number of offers. And we were 18 and we weren't in the top three, uh, but educating them, letting them know, Hey, what that looks like. And, um, and just preparing them for that. I mean, preparing them for the fact that you're going to make multiple, you're going to make more than one offer on more than one house. I mean, yep. Uh, you're not just going to get the first house that you offer on. Yeah, for the first time, HGTV is actually our friend because yep. <clears throat> they've been showing real estate that way for years, and yep. it's not what it's been like here. Right. Uh, one other thing I would tell agents to do is call the big, the big agents and see what they got coming. So yes. there's there's not a week that goes by where there's not a call I get from certain agents in town, like, "Hey, this is what I need. Do you have it coming?" And so if I'm going to be an expert working with buyers and find something, start making calls. The agents you have relationships with, put feelers out there. Uh, hey, here's what I'm looking for. And man, it might put my buyers in a better position that maybe they're not paying quite as much or, you know, not multiple offers that still could exist in that situation. But, you know, there's plenty of inventory that's coming that's not on the market yet that you know, might be out there for my buyers. So no names, but you have a pool of agents you reach out to frequently? Yeah, for sure. And so if I'm a newer agent inside of our walls, um, maybe just start with some of our top yeah, agents? Yeah, within our walls. Yeah, within our walls, just call the agents you know you that, you know, have a lot of listings that may be coming or whatever. Ask them what they got. Might meet a need. So, yeah, as much yeah. of that can happen is good. <clears throat> and I hate to keep uh, banging the same drum, but... Uh, Team meetings, what's yep. coming, haves and wants. I mean, that conversation just has to be part of what we do now. Yep, for sure. Should, yeah, you it should does. be doing Absolutely. It. Yep. And I mean, I just called an agent uh, from a different company this week to ask what he has coming on uh, for a client of mine. And I found, you know, he had three different properties that could be potential for my client. Yep. Um, and so having developing those relationships. I mean, we always harp on building relationships with your clients so that you can work by referral, but building those relationships with other agents and other professionals is just as important because then you can call them as well. Yeah. Like it or not with all the cooperation intent that we have, there are a lot of people that have access to stuff that, and they have buyers to pair it up. And if you want, if you don't know what's coming, um, they're going to make the sale without you. Right. Um, okay. Tammy, I noticed you, uh, you pulled out all of the local market data. Is there, <laughs> is there more to say about that? Other than every one of our local market data, we're seeing nerd. inventory down and we're seeing absorption rate. That's a big tick thing, down. Yeah. down. Uh, they're all, well, Ankeny was under, um, a month supply, but those numbers I told you earlier about Des Moines under a month supply and the resale. So and it's the same in Northeast Iowa yeah. Ames across the board. Yeah. Um, crazy times, crazy times. Um, but I, and I say this a lot, I would trade this in a heartbeat for 2009. Yeah. Buckle up. (laughs) So it's just different. I don't know. I mean, well, it's it's a good different, I mean, well, it's it's more, it's more work, all that, but I mean, as far as 
pocketbook. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's a much better different. <laughs> it's a good time. Yeah, to be in I real do. Estate. There, there were different opportunities to be had in the 2008 market. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, Kyle and I would rather have these ones. I like these these opportunities. Hard I times. like them both. Well, hopefully that was helpful for everyone. I appreciate your guys' insight. It's going to be a crazy January. Um, and like you said, spring's already here. So yep. um, let's keep our heads down and go find the inventory and have the client consultations. Uh, we'll see you guys in a month. Thank All right. you. Thanks. Thank you for joining us today. For more episodes, resources, and show notes, head to morethanmorepodcast.com. More